Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Let's get started. Liberty-loving patriots, thank you for joining us here today. Everybody give a round of applause and a really loud uh, huzzah. Thank you and welcome to Christian, who's driving this ship behind the seats. Um, make sure that you like and share this podcast because you know this video cast you know that you're going to like what you have, what you're going to hear today, what you're going to see today, because we are a teach show and not a talk show. Go ahead and say down below, hey, Christian, thank you for all the hard work that you do. And leave your comments as we go. The more you guys talk about what we're doing on the show, not talking about the things we're not talking about on the show, but the more you talk about the things we're talking about on the show, the more people will see it. Don't forget to share. And that doesn't mean just sharing on social media, guys. That means send a text message, send an email, send it in your uh, Instagram chat, send it on your platforms and that are other than the mainstream. So that way we can get this out and about. I noticed that our, our uh, posts and our shows are being shared on uh, Donald Trump's Troop Truth. Uh, forget what that's called. But anyway, the truth platform. And so I want to say thank you to everybody out there who is doing their part. Remember, I am banned on Twitter. So if you're not banned on Twitter, thank you for sharing what we're doing here because Twitter hates me and there's no better way to, you know, get back at them for that for than you to just go ahead and share for us. Today's show, guys, today's show is all about the, uh, what's it called? The Women's Health Protection Act of 2021, HR 3755. H.R. 3755, the Women's Health Protection Act of 2021. And what happened today, this is like today, uh, as Epic Times reports right here, House Democrats pass bill codifying Roe v. Wade on July 15th. Democrats, that is today, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Who knows what day of the week it is? Not me. So on July 15th, Democrats of the House of Representatives voted to advance a bill that would codify the Supreme Court's 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade into law, sending it to the Senate where it's likely to fail. The bill dubbed the Women's Health Protection Act passed the House 219 to 210. And so I want to talk about this today. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said, as extreme Republicans continue their assault on reproductive rights. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Our Ensuring Women's Right to Reproductive Freedom Act. Um, it's not actually even what it's called, but whatever. Um will ensure that the fundamental right to travel and obtain needed health care remains in the hands of American people and our Women's Health Protection Act, uh, 
which she finally gets right, will once again make protections of Roe v. Wade the law of the land. Notice how she says once again. Um, no, Roe v. Wade was never the law of the land. Never. It was a Supreme Court opinion. It was not a law. And what's interesting, and this is where we're going with this today, because I'm going to read through this. There's some very, very interesting portions of this bill. There's some very, very humorous portions of this bill. Hey, guys, listen up. H.R. 3755 defines what a woman is. One of the Supreme Court justices, Justice Jackson, uh, Brown, uh, Justice Brown Jackson, could not tell us what a woman meant. The definition of a woman at her uh, her confirmation hearing, but uh, H.R. Good news, guys. H.R. 3755 does a its best job at defining what a woman is. And we're going to talk about that. Not only that, I'm going to tell you why, as I have said all along, as Nancy Pelosi and their crew have threatened to uh, codify Roe v. Wade, I'm going to show you in this bill why this bill will never be upheld by the Supreme Court and why the states must simply ignore it. So, I mean, I guess the overriding issue is that it's probably most likely not even going to pass the Senate. It, you know, it went through the Senate once it failed and the senators are not going to pass this. Remember, it has to go through the House and pass. It has to go through the Senate and pass. And then it goes to the president for signing. If it doesn't pass the Senate, guys, it's dead. It doesn't get to be a bill. If it doesn't pass the House and the Senate, it doesn't go to the president to be signed into law. And if you follow me on social media, you will know that the president of the United States does not have the authority to create an executive order to do what Congress itself cannot do. We're actually going to do a show next week about executive orders. So keep your calendar marked for next week. Make sure you join us. We are on Instagram. We are on, uh, no, no, no. Where are we? We are on Facebook. We are on Rumble. We are on DLive, Twitch. And then if you're just an audio listener, we are on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Anchor FM, and a large series of other podcasts. So mark that on your calendar for next week. We're going to talk about executive orders, specifically talking about Biden's executive order or threat to executive order to ensure abortion services, which is a lie in and of itself. And then we're going to talk about not to, no pun intended, the viability of that sort of thing. So let's go ahead and let's open the pages of H.R. 3755. It is short titled Women's Health Protection Act of 2021. Now, these things are all written in, in the same way, okay? They're all written in the same way. So you can just page through them and you can read them. But I want to show you, I want to read to you first off what it says here in section two, which is found on page two. 
And this is, I mean, we're going to jump right into the fact of why this is not going to be upheld by the Supreme Court and why it shouldn't be upheld by the Supreme Court. And remember, if it's not upheld by the Supreme Court, as the liberal leftists will tell you, because we have a federal supremacist issue, we have judicial supremacy as an ideology in America, if it's not held up by the Supreme Court, uh, guess what? It's invalid. So, since 1973, it reads, the Supreme Court repeatedly has recognized the constitutional right to terminate a pregnancy before fetal viability and to terminate a pregnancy after fetal, vi fetal viability where it's necessary in the good faith medical judgment of, of the treating healthcare professional for the preservation of the life or the health of the person who is pregnant. Now that's a little bit significant there, that language, the person who is pregnant. Remember I told you we're HR 37, uh, what's the name? 3755 is going to define women, woman for America. I know you're excited. I know you're like, come on, Chrisanne, get to the definition. We gotta hear this. Well, let's do this first. So here it is. Since 1973, the Supreme Court repeatedly has recognized the constitutional right to terminate pregnancy before fetal viability, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay? They overturned that recognition as a federal issue. If you need an understanding of what the Dobbs case, right here, Dobbs if you need an understanding of what the Dobbs case actually did, and it's gonna be very, very important to what we do here today, you need to understand that what the Supreme Court said in Dobbs is that abortion is not a federal issue. That is key and foremost vital in understanding why HR 3755 will be thrown in the trash, even if the president gets the opportunity to sign it into law. It's a done deal, dude. And even if the Supreme Court turns their back on the Dobbs decision, which probably would not, because this is actually a, a good old uh, up your nose from Congress to the Supreme Court, uh, they're not going to give up to that challenge like that, to their authority. And therefore, the states... Dobbs returns this to the state, says abortion is a state issue, not a federal issue. Federal government is not to have any say on abortion. It does not fall under the Constitution. Therefore, it does not become a constitutional right. So the states should not follow this. Even if the president of the United States signs this into a pretended law. The Supreme Court recognizing that abortion is not a federal issue nullifies any congressional act that creates a federal issue because you can't create a federal issue. It's either found in the Constitution or it's not. And for the Supreme Court to specifically say it's not in the Constitution, that precludes Congress from creating a law about it. That precludes the president of the United States from making an EO about it. I mean, it's just a done deal. It's not, it's not federal jurisdiction. It's state jurisdiction. So we'll get into that in a little bit. 
So I want to, the one thing that I want to talk to you about, about this, then they're citing Supreme Court opinions recognizing the constitutional right to terminate pregnancy. But the Supreme Court overturned that in Dobbs. This is not a federal issue. How is it they can, with any credibility, cite an overturned Supreme Court precedent as justification for a bill? That would be like them saying, uh, since the mid-1800s, the Supreme Court has recognized, as they did in um as as they did in Dred Scott, that black people are property. And therefore, we're creating a legislative act to protect property ownership in black people. That's exactly what they're doing. They're saying, okay, we've got this overturned Supreme Court precedent that declares that what we said before was contrary to the Constitution. Okay, great. So we're going to have Congress now digging up Dred Scott? How about Korematsu? Since the era of World War II, the Supreme Court has recognized that the President of the United States can indefinitely put people in concentration camps simply because of their genetic makeup. Because that's what Korematsu did. The Supreme Court said, the president of the United States can issue an executive order that says if you have Japanese DNA in your American citizen body without any due process whatsoever, the president of the United States can just throw you in a concentration camp for four more years. Uh, yeah, it happened here. So you have no credibility citing an overturned Supreme Court precedent as your justification for writing a law. As a matter of fact, you're writing this law because the Supreme Court overturned the precedent that you are now using to justify. These people are just off their, they're off their rockers. Three, nonetheless, access to abortion services has been obstructed across the United States in various ways including blockades of healthcare facilities and associated violence. Um, what kind of violence are we talking about? What source of violence are we talking about? The source of violence of people blocking abortions? Because I think more contemporary to our situation today, is the violence of people who want abortions. Am I wrong? I'm not, I'm totally right. Contemporary to what we see today are the, all the people who want abortions who have been tricked into believing that the Supreme Court has now made abortions illegal, which Dobbs did not make abortion illegal. It said it's up to the state. So quite ignorantly, I'll just sit flat out and say quite stupidly, the people in California, violent and burning down stuff. Hello, California. Abortion lovers in California. Nothing changes in your state. Nothing changes. 
Go ahead. The Supreme Court said you can go ahead. You can do whatever you want with abortion. That's why Oklahoma can do whatever they want and restrict abortion. So why are people not rioting and burning down buildings in Oklahoma where they have strict uh, restrictions on abortion? Because the people who want abortion already have them in their states. It's the people who don't want abortion. The people who want to restrict abortion that are now finally getting the same recognition at the state level. So, you're right, associated violence. The violence is coming from the pro-abortion people. So, I'm going to skip forward now to page uh, four, subsection six. Abortion-specific restrictions are even more compounded by the ongoing criminalization of people who are pregnant. We're criminalizing pregnant people? Is it now a crime to be pregnant in some places? So you have to get an abortion so your pregnancy won't be criminalized? I, I don't know. Here we go. Section 7. Abortion-specific restrictions are a tool of gender. Don't worry. We're almost to the definition of woman. Okay? I know you guys are waiting for that. Almost to the definition of woman. Section 7. So we are in uh, section 2, subsection 7, page 4. Abortion-specific restrictions are a tool of gender oppression as they target health care services that are primarily used by women. These paternalistic restrictions rely on re and reinforce harmful stereotypes about genders, gender roles, women's decision-making, and women's need for protection instead of support. I, I, anyway, paternalistic restrictions? Are we now restricting people's ability to be parents? If it's not a baby, how can you have a paternalistic role? How can you be a parent if it's not a baby? You see, they continually expose their own knowledge of their own lives. They understand it is a human being. They understand it is a life. They understand it is a baby. It is not a clump of cells. It is not a woman's body part. They know that. What they're really telling you is they don't care. They don't care. And they're operating on the reliance of the ignorance of their mindless drones on the street screaming, I love killing, we love killing babies, we love killing babies. Mindless, programmed, brainwashed drones. They know it. They wouldn't be calling it paternalistic if they didn't realize a baby was involved. You don't get to be a parent if you don't have a baby. It's just the way it works. Are you ready? 
Section eight. I told you we're going to define women. The terms woman and women are used in this bill to reflect the identity of the majority of people targeted and affected by restrictions on abortion services. A woman is now defined by her ability to abort. The definition of a woman now includes and is dependent upon an ability to abort. Are you catching that? A woman is nothing more than a person who has the ability to kill a baby. That's the definition of a woman. I'll read this again. The terms woman and woman are used in this bill to reflect the identity of the majority of people targeted and affected by restrictions on abortion services and to address this and, and to address squarely the targeted restrictions on abortion which are rooted in misogyny however access to abortion services is critical to the health of every person capable of becoming pregnant remember we talked about every person capable of becoming pregnant this act is intended to protect all people with the capacity for pregnancy you are a person with a capacity for pregnancy. Cisgender women, transgender men, non-binary individuals, those who identify with different gender and others who are unjustly harmed by restrictions on abortion services. You are defined as a woman because you can kill babies according to a majority in our Congress. And that a restriction on your ability to kill is an oppressive tool by men, but not all men, only the men who are, what is that word, not capable of becoming pregnant. Because some men are capable of being pregnant, so they can't oppress you. Listen to this. Presently, the harms of abortion-specific restrictions fall especially heavily on people with low incomes, BIPOC, immigrants, young people with disabilities, and those living in rural and other medically underserved areas. You're oppressed. Are you catching that? Persons who are capable of being pregnant? It's not about being pregnant, by the way. Persons capable of murdering a baby. You're oppressed because society wants to say your ability to murder a baby is, is restricted. That's oppressive to you. And you're doubly oppressed if you're a BIPOC, if you're a black, indigenous person of color. You're doubly oppressed. Christian, we have that video queued up. Christian's going to play a video for you of this woman owning, owning 
this late this white woman a black woman owning this white woman over this issue of oppression give me a thumbs up when you're ready to click it ready okay ready all right let's go Trump will wake up to kill a black person that's for sure but if it matters it should matter at all times so what are you fighting for what are you fighting for you are not here to fight injustice you're here to drama. Will be stop violence it's not about blacks I am black, I'm not oppressed. That's I am for you. free. That's good for you. That's an individual person. What about a systemic issue? Where? You, I am black. I've always wanted to be. I have a like I do what I want. You have the skills. This is a country where you have the skills. You want to do what you want. You do it. Okay. Stop stop forcing on people to accept that they're oppressed. They are not. I am not oppressed. I am black. Stop making people accept that they're oppressed. You're forcing a rhetoric into your mind, which is not true. That's my point. Okay. Violence is wrong, period. It's not about blacks. You agree that whites kill black whites too, right? Have you seen any white person coming out and saying white life matter or white thing? No, yeah, violence do. is wrong. They literally do all the time. Every time there's a black lives matter protest, problem. a white person. It's a violence problem. The blacks kill blacks in black neighborhoods every single day. I've never seen a black life matter in those neighborhoods. Never. Never black life matter. Stop the hypocrisy. Nobody takes this seriously. Nobody. If it matters, it should matter in black neighborhoods. You start cleaning at home. So why don't you go? You why start don't you start? at home. Why don't you start? I'm not carrying anything why saying black lives matter. Why I know I matter. Why don't you it's wrong for wake up to kill him. Are you kidding me? What about that? She's standing there saying, look. When was the last time you saw a Black Lives Matter protest in Compton or in Chicago? Seriously. I love that. I'm black. I'm not oppressed. I'm just black. And my definition, my, my existence of a woman is not defined by my desire to kill a baby. You know, we need some other definitions here, but let's, let's go on for just a moment. Christian, you know what? We've got a clip of the last show that I did, last show, where I explained to you how our current president is promising to deliver communism to America. Can I play this clip for you that proves that the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States, the pre press secretary for the White House, are promising us a future of communism. Give me a thumbs up when we're ready, Christian. We're ready. Our presidential administration promising us a future of communism. I don't know if you saw in that thing the video of the picture on the side of the building of, of Stalin holding the wheat and giving it out. Because he is the savior of the supply chain crisis. He's the savior of the oil crisis. He's the savior of the economic crisis. Presidential 
administration's agenda is twofold. And when you hear what they have to say, you can see that agenda. When you listen with ears to hear, we're, I, I told them I can't do the corporations. I told them I'm doing everything that I can. You know, let, let's not forget that he sold a million barrels of oil to China, people. That's a fact. We're supposedly in a gas crisis and the president is pan, pan, panhandling off our gas to foreign countries. And this is how, and this is the psychology that the Biden administration funded by the World Economic Forum, this is the psychology that they're using to make American people beg for this, to beg for this. And that's why we have to educate. That's why we have libertyfirstsociety.com so you can know what to educate. libertyfirstsociety.com guys an education for you for your family so that you can read hr 3755 and know why it's toilet paper know why it's stupid i mean you're like chrisanne i don't have to read it the democrats wrote it i know it's stupid well guess what the Republicans write bills that are stupid and toilet paper too. You need to be able to read those and know that too because we're about liberty here. Principle over party, truth over personality. And it's not just enough to say, well, the Democrats wrote it, so it must be bad. You're going to have to have an educated conversation about this one day. You're going to be able to show people why it's bad, why it violates your rights, why this act, 3755, the women's Health Protection Act of 2021 doesn't protect your health. It actually destroys the health of people. I mean, how else can you, how destructive to a woman in, than to define her, the definition of a woman is the capacity to murder a baby. I don't know anything more destructive than that, H.R. 3755. Well, I'm going to read this to you. So the purpose of this act, it says on page 14, is to invoke congressional authority, including the powers of Congress under the Commerce Clause, Section 8 of Article 1 of the Constitution, and its powers under Section 5 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, uh, to enforce the provisions uh, under the 14th Amendment and its powers uh, and its powers under the Necessary and Proper Clause of Section 8, Article 1 of the Constitution of the United States. Well, this is very interesting because the invocation of congressional authority in this subsection B3 is the exact argument that the Supreme Court uses in Dobbs as to why it's not a federal issue. They specifically say abortion does not fall under the 14th Amendment. And because it does not fall under the 14th Amendment, it cannot be bootstrapped into other sections of the Constitution. Because it does not fall, they're saying our, we're invoking congressional authority under the 14th Amendment. No, 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 no. The Supreme Court said abortion does not fall under the 14th Amendment. 
But see, that's why going back to the beginning, they have to quote a Supreme Court precedent that's been overturned. Just like black men have our property have been overturned, just like indefinitely imprisoning people without due process based on their DNA has been overturned. This abortion being a federal issue has been overturned. And they're saying, um, well, we're going to invoke our authority under the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court said, no, you have no authority under the 14th Amendment. They specifically said you have no authority under the 14th Amendment. Legally, this piece of paper is crap. What are they trying to do here? And what's very interesting is, remember, this is the Women's Health Protection Act. So you would think it would be about women's rights, right? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let me read to you section 4A. A healthcare provider, right, has a statutory right under this act to provide abortion services. And may provide abortion services and that provider's patient has a corresponding right to receive such services. We are now creating statutory rights through our Congress. Our Congress is using our name to create statutory rights for corporations. That's what they're doing. They're using your name, my name, to create statutory rights for corporations. Follow the money, guys. So what is this statutory right for a corporation? Well, let's see. You can't prohibit abortion before uh, viability. That's what it says here. But also under Section 9, a prohibition on abortion after fetal viability is now also a corporate right it is violates a corporate right a prohibition on abortion after fetal viability is a violation of the corporate's right violation of that corporation which now has a statutory right created by congress for a non-living person you know that's sort of ironic isn't it a corporation which is a non-living person by law. That's how they do this. I don't know. Let me give you a little legal definition here. In law, a corporation is a person. And it is such that so that you can sue them. In the eyes of the law, if the corporation wasn't a person, then you wouldn't be able to sue Monsanto for the cancer you got from whatever they put in the dirt, right? So by law, Monsanto is a corporation, is a person. So Congress is creating a right, a statutory right for a non-living corporation to kill a living human being 
because Congress says the living human being does not have a statutory right to live, but the corporation, the non-living human being, has a right to kill the human being. How do you keep up with that? Congress says the non-living person, the corporation, has a statutory right to kill a living person who in the eyes of Congress does not have a statutory right to live. After viability, we're talking, we're not even talking about, oh, is it just a couple cells? Is it blah, blah? You know what? It's never a woman's body part, even as a couple of cells. But now they're saying after viability. Now, let's do be clear about this. I don't want you to say, to know, because there's a lot of spin on this particular action. There's not an unlimited corporate right to kill after viability. It's very specific. It has to be in the good faith medical judgment of the treating healthcare provider. Continuation of the pregnancy would pose a risk to the pregnant patient's life or health. So it has to be a life-saving procedure. So the Democrats are trying to make everybody believe that that, you know, all the pro-abortion people that they're creating a law with no limits when they're actually creating a law with limits. It's it's a lie in and of itself. I don't know what the conservatives are saying about it, but it does create post viability limits. I'm not justifying it, of course, but I'm telling you, it doesn't open end murder babies. It has to be done based on life saving procedures now. Here's where we get into the interesting part about the Supreme Court in Dobbs and the state's rights in creating laws regarding abortion. Section five, except as stated under subsection B, this act supersedes and applies to the law of the federal government and each state They're telling you that congressional law is superior to state law in the matter of abortion, which completely contradicts what the Supreme Court says and the Constitution itself. Let me see if I can find this. Let's see. Um, I'm going to skip a forward a section here. It says in section F, abrogation of state immunity. Neither a state that enforces or maintains nor a government official, including a person described in subsection C, who is permitted to implement or enforce limitations or requirement that violation of section four shall be immune to under under the 10th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. So in subsection five, in section five, subsection A, they're saying this federal law supersedes all state laws. And in subsection F, they're saying you can't claim the 10th Amendment protects you. How interesting is that? That the Congress, who is part of the federal government, can claim that the federal government gets to decide what the 10th Amendment means and the states don't. Christian, put up that 10th Amendment for us, because I'll show you what the 10th Amendment says, because they'll tell you that that the 10th the Amendment 
establishes a federal supremacy. Because when you take the 10th Amendment and apply it to Article 6, Clause 2, which we're going to do in just a minute, these congressmen will say all federal laws are superior to state laws. Now, the 10th Amendment says the powers not delegated to the United States are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Notice that it's not delegated. Meaning the power that has not been specifically delegated to the federal government, every single power not specifically delegated to the federal government is reserved to the states or to the people because the people control the states. That's what that means, or to the people. The Supreme Court said abortion is not a delegated power to the federal government. And since abortion is not a federal power delegated to the federal government, then by the 10th Amendment, it is reserved to the states. They know that. That's why they put that section in there that says, guess what? You can't hide behind the 10th Amendment. Well, guess what, Congress? We here in Florida and many other states don't give a flip what you think about the 10th Amendment. Abortion is not a power delegated to the federal government. The definition of life is not a a power delegated to the federal government. Ergo, it is reserved to the people through their states, to the people who say we want abortion restrictions in our state. You, Congress, have no authority to change that because the power originates with the people, not with Congress. All political power originates in the people, not Congress. So guess what? The people of the state supersede Congress. That's really what the 10th Amendment is all about. Now, when you pull up Article 6, Clause 2, you got that one ready for us, Christian? Give me Article 6, Clause 2. They'll tell you, because that's called the Supremacy Clause, they'll tell you that the Supremacy Clause makes federal law superior to state law. That's not what that says. The Supremacy Clause says this Constitution and the laws of the United States made pursuance there, in pursuance thereof, are the supreme law of the land and the judges of the state are bound thereby. Notice it says laws made in acts made, laws made in pursuance to the Constitution. Well, guess what? This Congressional Act 3755 even by Supreme Court standard, is not made in pursuance to the Constitution. Therefore, it is not the supreme law of the land. Therefore, the states are not, are not bound thereby. You see why this is just toilet paper? This is political theater. This is just dog and pony show. And even by some miracle, if it ends up on the president's desk and he signs it, guess what? Guess what? Just throw it out. You don't need it. It's trash. Just get rid of it. It's garbage. It doesn't even have validity. It has no authority. It would be like me writing up 
38 pages and coming to your house and telling you what you can do inside your house. I have no authority to tell you what you can do inside your house. And my 38 paper pages of paper would be completely, completely worthless, stupid, not worth anything. And that's what this is all about. Why we even take this garbage seriously? I have no idea, except other than, you know, the political power it wields because we're coming up on midterms. And so even more interesting is that, you know, they plan on enforcing this through the attorney general against the state enforced by the corporate non-living person. The corporate non-living person can go to the U.S. Attorney General and whine and complain. And then the U.S. Attorney General, they say, has a power and this will be thrust into the federal courts because, you know, they said the states, the United States will have jurisdiction over the proceedings. Hello, the courts already say you don't have jurisdiction over this. Supreme Court says you don't have jurisdiction over this. And Congress says, we'll give you a fine. Well, guess what? Don't, don't pay the fine. Governors, protect your states. Protect your businesses. People, make sure your governors do their job to protect the states. This might as well go into the pile that starts the fire, that lines the birdcage, that gets recycled for better purposes. H.R. 3755 is garbage. It's not binding. It's without power. It is unenforceable. So know it for what it is. An unenforceable, without power, without real persuasion, without authority over you and your state. So make sure your governor knows it. And you just go about your business as the people directing your states to do what they need to do to protect life and to protect a baby and for goodness sakes, not to recognize that a woman is defined by her ability to kill something. H.R. 3755. There you have it in a nutshell. That's all we got for you today. Don't forget to like and share. Don't forget to share text message, you know, emails, share it to your friends. Signal, WhatsApp, whatever it is you use. Share it everywhere because the most destructive thing about H.R. 3755 is the political influence that it will wield as we come up on midterms. Teach truth, guys. That's what's most important. Thank you for joining me today, and I will see you next time. All right, without further ado. Chris Ann Hall received her bachelor's degree in biochemistry from Blackburn College. 
I'm a Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. She served in the U.S. Army as a military intelligence cryptologic linguist. She was a prosecutor for the state of Florida for nearly a decade. Chris Sand also worked with a prominent national First Amendment law firm where she traveled the country defending Americans whose rights were violated by unlawful arrests and prosecutions. She has written six books on American history and the U.S. Constitution. Chris Ann is a regular consultant on numerous radio, podcasts, and television programs. Without 